Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. I'm Timothy Harvey. And I'm Jason Hunt. And this is the H2O podcast. You can also, obviously, it's live as well. Yes. So it's not only a podcast, but it is a video show. Yes. Yes. It's very exciting. It's the two of us sitting here. And and um, all of the cameras are working tonight. Oh, God. You said that out loud. <laughs> well, see, now, here's, here's my oh, theory. The entire thing's going to go black here any second. Here's my theory. I'm thinking that the gremlins decided to give us a week off because of the crappy weekend that we had here at headquarters. Um, Because the gremlins are so known for being nice. Well, Mindy is still recovering from foot surgery. Right. And has had some complications there. Not not serious complications, but just enough that it's like, well, it's not going perfect. And then... um, she had to get a shot in her neck today, and the plumbing has been out all weekend. So, you know, the gremlins have already we've been. Had the enough. gremlins are tired. The gremlins are tired. The gremlins. I think no. I'm pretty sure they're just sleeping, and they'll t- wake up and go, "Oh, what have they, we missed?" I think they just decided, <laughs> you know, you know, it's we can, we can, you know, give you guys a break for at least for a, for a day. Bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh-huh, right. and then you have to point it out. So they will wake up during the show. That's, uh, hopefully not. The risks we take. Not yes. Wood, All right. So Junior Office Dog, of course, is making a general nuisance of herself over there in the engineering department. Um, and we've got that so far. It's not... Um, okay, so that... I'm going to let you introduce the topic for tonight. Sure. Because last week we did something really, really, really serious. Right. And we promised this week to do something fun. Now, we're going to have fun. But because fandom is what it is. <laughs> okay. I'm, I will neither confirm nor deny that we are going to have fun. We're probably going to have fun. Um, but we're going to talk about casting. And we're going to talk about casting the two major franchises that are, uh, that are going to become part of the MCU. Yeah. Now, of course, we've, we've, we're in the middle of this, Spider-Man's left the MCU, and we'll see how that all plays out. But we know that the X-Men and the Fantastic Four are going to be part of the MCU. Now, this is going to take some interesting maneuvering on behalf of the timeline, which is already a curious thing for the MCU. Yeah. Um, not that that's going to be any worse than the timeline that the X-Men films sort of had, which was all over the place. Right. Um, but, um, you know, you and I have talked about what we think the Fantastic Four, how the Fantastic Four should be done before, and we'll talk about more about that um, this episode as well, because I, some of my ca- one of my casting choices is... You're- you have two questions? What? Yes. One, how do I pop up the chat so that I can see both chats at once? And second of all, because it was a conversation uh, I was having with someone at work about X-Men coming in. Do you, the, do you need a microphone? He also mentioned gargoyles. 
Gargoyles was a different TV series. It was not... But apparently it's... Okay, you're going to need a microphone if you're going to be in the show. Uh, so for the, if you couldn't hear, uh, Mindy was saying that she was having a discussion about this casting with someone at work, and they brought up Gargoyles, which I presume means the cartoon series, um, which we uh, um, is that part of the is that part of the same package deal? Were they were they owned by by Fox? I, I don't know. Um, but I don't think so. well, and and I think there's been a long a talk for a long time about um, a. Not necessarily a reboot or a new version of Gargoyles. I'm not sure how much that's been just wishful thinking. Uh, certainly, um, it's got a huge fan base. Uh, and I certainly think that, that there's a market for it. I think a really cool... The problem with the live-action Gargoyles movie, for me, is that you might run into the same problem that you run into with... I don't know, something like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, where it doesn't matter how, you know much you actually put into designing successfully or not your your non-human characters it's you have to have a good story right uh, and I think that <clears throat> I mean, that's a, Disney that's a challenge oh okay so that's a challenge for any any of these things so we talking about the X-Men casting and talking about Fantastic Four there's been a lot of news a lot of buzz a lot of fan reaction to a rumor and it's just a rumor as far as I can tell. Wishful thinking rumor. Um, about talking, potentially casting uh, Will Smith and Denzel Washington as Professor X and Magneto, respectively. And there's been some interesting arguments, pro and con, obviously. Um, and I was thinking about this. And they would... I wouldn't, I wouldn't have necessarily thought of that my, this myself, but I don't inherently have a problem with it for and Jason and I talked a little bit about this before we started recording um, the driving factor of what makes Magneto Magneto uh, and that is of course he was uh, experienced the concentration camps in World War II he saw what the, how the Nazis treated uh, the crippled the mentally ill uh, the gypsies the Jews obviously right. uh, and he saw you know the, the inhumanity and realized that humans can't be trusted. And if they can't be trusted with people who look just like them, and you know, as far as anyone can tell, act just like them, how are they going to be trusted with treating people who look as different as mutants can look? And as are different as mutants are, right? Right. And so of course this makes him into this this uh, you know, very much Certainly, at various points, he's been a mutant terrorist. He's been a mutant leader. He's been a lot of different things, and and certainly in the comics and the films, and he's been different. Now, the Marvel Cinematic Universe is fairly heavily influenced by the Ultimate line of comics, although not so much with the X Men, because the X Men films were a different universe, um, and certainly the you could argue very much that the the Ultimate line treated the X Men very poorly. They they were they were <laughs> the X-Men series was kind of awful let's just be honest the MCU's I mean the the MCU's Fantastic Four series was, was good certainly their Spider-Man series was great good for I'm sorry the Ultimate line uh, but their X-Men series was kind of garbage <laughs> sorry uh, if, if you're a fan of the X-Men Ultimate line I'm good for you I personally thought it was awful uh, but um, one of the things that 
the MCU has done has been it's moved a lot of these storylines and these characters forward in time. You know, certainly, uh, you know, Tony Stark, you know, in the comics got his start in a completely different war. Right. And, you know, Doctor Strange came out of a distinctly different time. And all these different things came out of different times. So they've been updated for the modern era. And that's what you do with, when you adapt a character, when you adapt a, a, a comic series. Yeah. So the X-Men get a little weird. Because you have a character who's so heavily influenced by a specific type of action. You know, World War II, the Nazis, mm -hmm. the Holocaust, you know, the slaughter of millions of people. It's a very specific point in time. It's like a fixed point in time. It is a fixed point in time. And it's all about, you know, it's, there's a reason the Nazis are the eternal bad guys. is because we've never had that level of just horrible, you know, humanity just being awful. I mean, it's, it's, it's I, the I think spot. you could argue that Stalin's Russia was as bad. Uh, certainly, um, but it was different. It, was, it wasn't a, I'm going to exterminate this group of people. It was, Stalin was, I'm just going to do things what I want. If everybody dies, I don't care. Mao Zedong? Um, and again, it wasn't a targeted, so much a targeted group of people as Anybody much. Anybody that doesn't agree with me dies. Well, there's, I mean, there, that's... I mean, that's a completely different kind of oppression, but oh, it's still Oh, sure, no, no argument. I mean, you certainly, genocide, end up, you so. certainly end up at the... Uh, uh, there's plenty of opportunities for people to be awful. The problem is, is that when you start rolling that forward in time, World War II, you know, the Holocaust, the extermination of millions of Jews and gypsies and, and, and people that the Nazis just didn't like. Yeah. Um... There are very few, luckily, there are very few instances going forward. Now, there certainly have been. You mentioned Bosnia and, and certainly some of the Eastern European things. Um, but again, the Marvel Universe, the target audience is American audiences. And the target audience is usually people in the 20s. For the most part. For the most part. And, and I can say with um, a little, I don't want to say embarrassment, but... Um, we were having a conversation. I was I was scrolling through Instagram earlier today, mm -hmm. and ran across, of course, Instagram. Every second or third thing that you see is an ad. Right. Yeah. Right? Ran across a trailer for this new movie called Midway. Did you know that they're making another movie called Midway? I did not. It's it's a movie called Midway, and it's got uh, one of the Jonas Brothers in it, mm -hmm. and Woody Harrelson, and I think. Uh, not Jeff Bridges, um, Inner Space. Dennis Quaid. Dennis Quaid, I think, is in it. But it, all these, I'm like, and and Roland Emmerich is the director. Mm -hmm. So of course it's going to be a CGI fest. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. But I I didn't hear anything about this movie, and now it's coming out in November uh, for Veterans Day hmm. is is when they're planning to release it, and I'm thinking. Why didn't we know that they were making a movie about Midway? And I get a look from <laughs> from somebody <laughs> who kind of it sounds a little familiar, but you know, you but it does kind of reinforce your you, what you're saying is as as the generations get further and further and further away from World War II, it becomes less relevant. Right. 
sadly. Oh yeah. Um, you know those those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it, as it and, were. And but, this and this sort of thing is something you don't you don't want to forget that it happened because it's a way to sit there and say never again. Right. We cannot allow this to happen again. I uh, was medicated. <laughs> okay. That's your excuse, and you're sticking to it. They gave me value. Okay. Sure. All right. So. <laughs> But but when you roll it forward and you're looking at a, a character who could, a, the kind of thing that could inspire a Magneto, right? Uh, who's old enough to be young enough to have several movies on their contract, mm-hmm. which is the other. The, here here's how things work: is you have to start thinking about the real world applications, and you could have Michael Fassbender play Magneto basically the same age for what is like twenty, thirty years in film time because right. it's Michael Fassbender. Um, who will suddenly turn into Ian McKellen, even though if you put Michael Fassbender and Ian McKellen side by side, you're going, how does that work? Um, But Ian McKellen, of course, is believable because Ian McKellen is older, and he's an amazing actor. And so he sits there and he does Magneto, and you're going... You can totally buy it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But, um, so one of the the questions is, is when are they going to put the X-Men movie? And the logical thing to do, whereas you and I both think Fantastic Four should be set in the 60s... Yes. Um, the X-Men stuff, and I'm guessing here, this complete guess, will roll out as mutants are a more recent thing than occurred in the comic series. It'll be more of a, you get into the next phase where they're going to roll this stuff out, because it'll be a lot easier to, to put into the timeline. If you just say, suddenly mutants! Unless. Unless. Unless they start laying the groundwork for mutants in Multiverse of Madness. They could do that? Because there is a rumor that in that movie, Doctor Strange 2, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, there is a rumor that we're going to get Quicksilver back. Mm -hmm. And somebody else, and I can't remember who. Um... Hmm. No, it it has escaped my, my... my intellectual grasp at this moment, but um, uh, yeah, but there's a possibility that we'll get Quicksilver mm-hmm. or some version of Quicksilver. Sure. Since it's a multiverse, <laughs> he may not be dead in every single universe. So it'll be so, it'll be the Quicksilver from the X Men movies. Well, <laughs> just and to that, confuse things, and that could be a way of introducing the mutants because sure. mutants exist in another dimension in a parallel universe right. and somehow there's this crossover well, we've, we've already established we've already established the, the multiple timelines with Captain America at the end of, of uh, that Avengers. jury's still out on that I know but it's well that's because it doesn't make any sense well it's because the writers say one thing and the directors say another well yeah well that doesn't that's that's that, that happens doesn't help all, either. that happens all the time though. right but uh, I, <laughs> I don't know so so the idea that you would have uh, uh, character who was maybe inspired by the, you know, who was young enough to experience something like the civil rights struggle and, and you, know, you know, black men and women being killed during the civil rights struggle, and, and maybe having a parent who was in World War II and saw the, the, the Nazi camps, and so you could actually have, I could see Denzel, and Denzel Washington is about the right age, you could believe that. And and you could be inspired by that. So I'm, I'm not necessarily viewing, and I'm I'm not actually advocating for this casting. Right. I, I'm because I think both of them are excellent actors, and I think they both do great. I mean, one of the things you have to have with Magneto is a certain amount of charm, 
and Denzel Washington, if you've never seen Training Day, I mean, mm. Training Day is, he is such a vile character in that yeah. film, and yet he is so magnetic. And Denzel Washington has that, he's got presence. He's oh, got yeah. screen yeah, presence. I, no argument there. And you, I could see him playing a, that part and playing it well. The weaker part for this is for me is Will Smith. I could see if you're going to do that kind of stunt casting, and that's let's be honest, that's what this would be. Well, because, it, it, okay, it's, uh, it's because it's, they're just going to be borrowing trouble doing this kind of thing in today's climate. Except people are so reactionary. Samuel to Jackson, every single thing. Samuel Jackson playing Nick Fury is except, exactly the same thing. Except. But he's not, because Samuel L. Jackson is playing Nick Fury Jr. from the Ultimate Universe, not Nick Fury Sr., no, Samuel who was Jack- played by David Hasselhoff. Because <laughs> no, this is not what books, happened. It, in the comic it's canon. It's in canon the now. Books, I know. But, in but the it canon, wasn't at the time. But in the comic books. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's retroactive canon. Sergeant Nick Fury, yeah, I know. director of S.H.I.E.L.D., White guy with a with the eye patch, right. and then you've got Black Nick Fury over in Ultimate Line. Right, they're two different, distinct characters. Whereas these two could be exactly the same thing, because again, just a reminder: this is the MCU. This is not the comic books. I know. The, the MCU again. The MCU is wildly different than the comic books. Now it has influenced a lot of the comic books, but at the time the MCU was rolling out, the comic book series were doing very, very different things. So you have to, I mean, again, we're, we, people, people get all worked up about this, but you have to remember, it's a completely different medium. It's not the same universe. No, and, I know. And having, having a, a, a black Professor Xavier and a black Magneto, honestly, it changes nothing, except you've got a, you know, these versions of the character happen to be black. So, that said, like I said, I, Denzel Washington as Magneto, I actually have no problem with. I, think, I, I, I believe he could do it. Because I mean, I'll, yeah. I'll watch him in the. I, I even watch him in the Equalizer movies, which I don't like because if they waste can, the character. Oh, he's so yeah, he, well. he's so good in them, but it's like a, it's like a wasted role. Um, one of the things that I think might be a better fit for somebody like a Will Smith would be Silver Surfer. Perhaps. Oh, I think he could do a excellent job as Silver Surfer. My issue with him for Xavier. It's not that I don't believe he, he can. Will Smith can do drama. There's no question. He's done it before. Mm-hmm. He's primarily known for doing comedy. Uh, he's very, very good at doing comedy. But there's also a. <sighs> Will Smith, to some degree, is like John Wayne. There's always a part of watching Will Smith where you realize you're watching Will Smith. To a point, yeah, I can see that. And I think that that would be. Whereas Denzel Washington is much more skilled, and this is and this is not to knock Will Smith in any way. It's just a different type of acting, right? You know, Denzel Washington can disappear into a role. Yeah. You always know you're watching Denzel Washington, but Denzel Washington sinks into Playing that role. That character, right? And Will Smith has a tendency to come across as, and this is Will Smith. Yeah. Even in films where he's given a chance to do more, you know, um, I can see it. But he would not necessarily be my first choice to play Xavier. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I mean, I think that... But I also get the logic of rolling these characters forward in time. And there are... You mentioned Bosnia. And, and I think that that, that would be uh, pulling... Again, going even to the east... To more of an Eastern European origins of, of Magneto would fit with canon. The problem is, I think, that unfortunately, American... And, and some, of it, some of it's the time frame. 
we're we, we were less engaged news wise with the rest of the world. Yeah, we didn't have the instant feed from from the rest of the world that we right. do now. Although uh, we do have a good number of Serbian and Bosnian hmm. refugees here, so sure, it, I'm saying you, you could make it you, work. You, you could, could, could make, it you work. make it work. You could make it, but I, again, like I said, I I can see the I can see the logic behind looking at some that, that's this sort of thing with with Will Smith and, and Denzel yeah. Washington, and I think it could work. That said, um, you know, I think, I think that you run into, and and look, we've had so many different characters who've been cast, and fans out there went, "This is blasphemy!" And then it happens, and they're going, "Oh, well, that's actually pretty good." Uh, Depending. Yeah, and, and sometimes it sometimes sometimes it's not. But yeah. I think again, I'm I'm not worried. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't upset me. Because well, I, I can see the logic. <clears throat> we got a couple in the chat. Um, Thomas over at Multiverse Tonight said he could see it. He did really well in history. We were talking about mm -hmm. Midway earlier. GJ Videos uh, also uh, in the chat um, saying, create new characters. Why do we have to race swap? Well, and it's a legitimate question. It, it's, it is why, a legitimate question. Why would you have to do Why do you feel the need to do it? And <clears throat> And... This feeds into, and I'm and I'm not saying that they're doing this, mm -hmm. but it feeds into the perception which fuels the criticism sure. that Phase Four is going to become more identity politics driven. Well, and on the surface of it, you could make that case because Shang Chi, Black Widow, The Eternals—you've got, you know, a number of sure the the you know Ms. Marvel. She-Hulk, but of course, you know, we've been talking here when we were doing Level 117, I've been advocating for a She-Hulk show for, oh, yeah. what, how many years now? Forever? Yeah, well, and, and the thing is, is that, here, here's my recommendation, and of course no one's going to, no one's going to do this, but my recommendation is, just wait and see. Just wait and see. Don't, How dare you? Don't How get, dare you? Don't get so worked up about this stuff until it happens. If it's a bad movie, you can sit there and go, Wow. Um, Marvel hit its stumble, you know? At the same time, though, if you get a bad movie, hmm. like Catwoman, say, with Halle Berry, yeah. which is demonstrably, objectively, a oh, bad movie. There's there's no question, although, again, to give Halle Berry very props, she showed up for the Razzie Awards and accepted hers. Yeah, but I'm saying, if if that movie were to be made today... And people were to complain how bad it was. Do you know how many times anybody criticizing that movie would be called a racist, sexist? I don't think that's a istophobe. good. I don't think that's a good example because that's the one where I think that everybody and everybody on all sides would look at it and go, "No, no, we're all in agreement. Okay. This is a bad film." Captain Marvel, which was an average Marvel movie, mediocre Marvel movie. Ah, I thought it was average. The problem is for me is that Marvel has a formula, and I felt it just fit the formula. It didn't. It it had some great effects. I liked some of the sequences. I had very. I had no issue with the film. But the thing is, is that it was just a movie. Yeah. Now. Well. Sometimes. GJ, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say this uh, to your comment about Professor X and Magneto being established for the movies. Nick Fury as imagined as Samuel L. Jackson, that character was established in the Ultimate Universe well before the Marvel Cinematic Universe started either. So it's not really, um, you know, to me, 
seeing Nick Fury, seeing Samuel L. Jackson as Nick Fury is not a problem because I know he's playing Nick Fury Jr. I know he's playing Ultimate Marvel Nick Fury, not Marvel Six One Six Nick Fury, because they're, as I said, they're completely different people. But so is the MCU. The MCU is completely different people. Yeah, well, I get that. And, but, I think that, and, I think and that, we have but said but before that, that, that it's heavily for, influenced by the people, Ultimate. I think that people forget that that the MCU is not the Six One Six universe. It's a completely different universe, which means you can do whatever you want if you're the filmmakers and get away with well, it. Well, you can do whatever you want with it because you're the filmmakers anyway. I know, but I mean, the, but, but I think, but I I think mean, fans need to remember that this is not this is not those characters from the comics. This is a whole new universe, and you can do whatever you want. It's kind of the characters from the comics, it's and I can, kind I can of, see yes. the I can see the criticism say because, and this is where I think. The comic book publishers have dropped the ball in coordinating with the studios. Because let's say, okay, um, you've got millions of people that are going out, hundreds of thousands of people, however many people that are actually going out to see the Marvel movies. Sure. Right? And then, what? They're not going into the comic book shops to get the comic book. This is this is a this is to me a neglected opportunity because the movie studios should be sitting there coordinating with the publisher oh, well, and saying, yeah, "Do you love the movies? Here's the comic book." Yeah, oh, and yeah. they could do that. They should do more of that. It would, they it they definitely would, should do more. It, should, of that. it would it would in theory drive sales of comics, which would be the idea. Sci-fi snob here. He says Captain Marvel was bad, perhaps worse than Catwoman, and I will and I will say snob. I wore a red shirt last week, and I didn't see you show up in the chat, so I'm not wearing a red shirt tonight. <laughs> Here we go. So anyway, I, like I said, I'm I'm not concerned about this. This doesn't this doesn't bother me. I, I want to wait and see. And to be honest, it's years away. This is getting yeah. getting upset about the uh, the rumor of a casting thing. Yeah, which it is, is so a rumor, and it, and it could very well be that somebody somebody said, "Wouldn't it be cool if?" Yeah, and, and somebody took it and ran with it. And honestly, if that if that's what they do, just again, just wait and see, because it's yeah. not gonna. It's you know, it, it your com your comic book character versions still exist. They're not going away. Yeah. Okay. Now, now GJ, I'm going to take you to task a little bit. I don't think every single thing that goes contrary to being faithful to the source material is not some sort of SJW plot. As, as conservative as I am, and as much as I would like the films that are based on something to remain faithful to that something, there is a little wiggle room. And like Tim said, it is extremely way too early in anything. We're not going to see the X-Men until Phase 5. We're not going to see um, the Fantastic Four until Phase Five, yeah. which to me is a huge mistake because Phase Four should be where you get the Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, because it just lines up. Well, what you do is what you do is you sneak it in as the last movie of Phase Four. I, that could work. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be, be perfectly great. fine with that. <clears throat> but it's... and you start laying little hints <clears throat> right. throughout Phase Four. And you lead to that when they come back. And but, then you get their movie. But remember, some of this stuff ends up looking pretty quaint. 
Everyone got upset about Michael B. Jordan playing Johnny Storm in the fan, in the four Fantastic whatever the. I still that, think was. he was. I still the, think he was miscast. The thing was, the thing is, it was that he was perfectly fine in that in in a film where everything else was wrong. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, he, he was, everything he was, was wrong. He was actually one of the better parts of the film, just because he's a good actor. There were a lot of problems with that movie. He was one of the least of them. So I, I'll grant you that point. And it was and, a and terrible movie. And ultimately, he was wasted in that role. Because he, he had, was, he had, he had I, oh, yeah, no, no, no kidding. Well, that cast, that cast, it did that that cast, which was not not my favorite cast. Well, and honestly, we talked it, it, about this when they announced the material. It. Well, yeah, they they Ugh. we talked about this when they when they yeah. first announced it that it was based more on Ultimate Fantastic yeah, Four, right? And okay, fine, they're the gifted teenagers, whatever. But when they said Miles Teller as Reed Richards. Done. I'm completely checked out. Yeah. Because Miles Teller is, in my opinion, mm-hmm. in my humble opinion, and I know these things, he's a terrible actor. I'm. Not I a have huge not fan. seen him in anything yet where he's impressed me. I just I'm uh, again he, and he he was not the worst part of that film either. The worst part of that film was everything about that film. Just a bad movie. Uh, but anyway, and you and I have talked about the fact that we think a Fantastic Four film set in the 1960s, so yeah. the precursor to the Marvel U- to the MCU, the, th- the the secret history of the yes, MCU before all before. the things happened. And so there's been a lot of casting. We'll come back to the X Men in a little bit, but there's been a lot of talk about the Fantastic Four casting. A lot. There's been all kinds of fan art popping up lately. Well, before we get to that, because yes. uh, Snob makes a, a point, people can't go for the movies, the comic books because they won't recognize the MCU characters in the comic books. And I think he's got a valid point. That's because true. there has been, in the last four or five years especially, three or four years, on Marvel's side, where you know, you've know you got Amadeus Cho is Thor. You have, uh, I'm, say, I'm sorry, Amadeus Cho is, is Hulk. You have uh, Jane Foster as Thor. We're going to get a piece of that in mm-hmm. Love and Thunder. Um, Re Re uh, Williams, and you know, all of these new characters, and of course, you know this, and this goes to, you know, if you're going to complain, and sit there and say, well, why don't they make new characters? Well, they're making new characters. They may not be very good characters, but they're making new characters. See, Amadeus Cho at least was interesting for a while. Now, I personally like the current Hulk series, where they've leaned into the horror. Aspect of it, the Immortal Hulk. Immortal Hulk, yeah. which is very body horror, very. I mean, it's it's a really creepy series. I think it's very well done, um, and and they've done interesting things with Bruce Banner over time. So having having Amadeus Cho step into the role didn't bother me so much. The Jane Foster thing was interesting. Um, I know the problem with Riri Williams to me with Ironheart was that there was never any question in my mind that Tony Stark was going to come back. Yeah. And so if if they had made her a legacy character and actually made her a legacy character where she was Iron, you know, she was the new yeah, Iron Man, the, then the that would have been one thing. But there was that you knew that was never going to happen. So I think yeah. that in some ways they created a character they knew they were not going to well, care, that was not going to have to carry the weight of yeah, being that and character, I saw, which I think is unfortunate. I yeah, saw, yeah. And, I, and I said this to you, it was a, 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 a critique from a Literature Devil, Mm-hmm. Uh, a YouTuber here uh, who who does a number of videos on you know comics culture and writing and story and all of that, and he does a lot of breakdowns comparing sure. 
modern comic books with you know past era comic books from Marvel. And his criticism of Riri Williams is the fact that she's got no reason to be a superhero. She mm. has no motivation. There's no there's nothing in the introduction of her character in the first issue, there's there's not a whole lot of meat on the bones as far as why she's doing it. She's brilliant student, she's bored. So she builds a super suit because she's bored. I mean that's that's essentially what he gets out of that first issue. Which is interesting because if they actually if you actually came up with a character who's and this is this is actually they're happening I can't I can't think of them on the top of my head right now. But some of the characters uh in in comics and literature, this is actually why they did what they did is they're trying to escape boredom. Oh, I know what it was. Uh, uh, Planetary, Jaquita Wagner from Planetary, one of the uh, fantastic a fantastic uh, look at the concept of storytelling in comic books. Um, fantastic series uh, if you can check it out. Um, one of the characters, Jaquita Wagner, her whole point of becoming an adventurer was that she bored easily, and no. she was indestructible, and so she was like. I get bored, so I throw myself into the mouth of a giant well, monster. One uh, Punch Man is like that. Yeah. He's an anime character where he's got this power, and now he's just going around fighting bad guys for for the thrill of it, for yeah. the fun. He say, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and do this thing because this is what I do, because this is how I get my jollies. Yeah. But oh, that kind of thing... While it might be okay as your starting point, yeah, you cannot stay there well, and I think for that, the character. The character think, has think, to move into something that says, "Okay, this has to mean more than right. just getting my jollies." And one of the problems with comic books and legacy characters is that comic book writers love to bring back the original version, no matter what. And we've seen this in DC, we've seen it in Marvel. Right. You have these characters where this character retires or they die or something, and yet somehow we're, you know, Barry Allen's going to stay dead. Aha! <laughs> Jason Todd is going to stay dead. Aha! Ah. You know, it's mostly dead. Mostly dead. It's and, a comic. Well, see, and that's that's where the whole idea of the comic book death comes well, from. But Marvel, you know, Wolverine, you Bucky, Bar Bucky Barnes is going to stay dead. Uh, Wolverine has been killed how many times? Captain America has been killed about a dozen times. Now all these characters have died terribly, and then they're back. Uncle Ben stays dead. Jonathan Kent stays dead. Well, unless you have a oh. reboot of the universe, in which case Jonathan Kent can come back. That's true. That's true. Because in the John Byrne. Right. Uh, reboot in the 80s, uh, he was alive for... And he's alive for, currently in the, is, in the, re, he, in the, re, in the Reboot universe, in, yeah. Because okay. the, rebirth, the Rebirth universe steps back more to the post-crisis, right. pre-New 52, uh, although it pulls some New 52 elements. Anyway, so any, getting back to the point, you and I want to see a 1960s Fantastic Four. Yes. You know, the space race... Um, and it's kind of the secret history of the MCU because the Fantastic Four has to drop off the face of the universe yeah. so they can come back. They have to disappear. Um, but we want it set in a certain time. Now, I've seen a whole lot. I've seen a ton of fan art lately um, with, uh, with John Krasinski, John Krasinski and playing Emily Blunt. and Emily Blunt. Now, I am completely on board with Emily Blunt. I want to see someone else play Reed Richards. Really? I want to see John Hamplant. He's too old. 
Is he? Because Reed Richards compared Reed to Richards, compared to Emily Blunt. Reed Richards is older in the in the earliest versions of the Fantastic Four. And here's yeah, what I here's what I want. Is that is that no, does that, that age gap? He's work? not that much older than she is. She's in her th- what mid thirties, late thirties. I don't know. And so I'm kind of like yeah, but he's what pushing fifty. Yeah. So. <laughs> I mean, (laughs) okay, you're not in your 30s anymore. (laughs) But even so, I think I think she, I think the two of them. First, first of all, for for those of you who are listening to this show uh, as a podcast, I just got a look. You just got a look, and I will pay for it later. I'm sure. So I I actually think that that would be, and and that's part of it is because he looks like and 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 John Krasinski I think could do the job just fine. I have, I, yeah, I, I'm I not okay. I'm not objecting to him at all as as playing the part. Um, but for a while now I've had John Hamm in my head. And John Hamm of course people have been wanting to cast cast John Hamm in a movie for um, in a superhero movie for a while. Oh, there've been plenty of people that wanted to see him play Superman. Oh yeah, Kingdom Come Superman especially. Yeah. Uh, they wanted to do Batman. Um, and I just look at him and I think he just look He's got the Reed Richards. It's like he comes with the Reed Richards default look, which you don't need. John Hamm does. Yeah, but give him really? a little bit of gray in the temple. Yeah, not to know. mention not he to seems a little. He seems a little full. Reed, Reed Richard is all angles to me, which well, is sure which fair. When I mean when Kirby was drawing it, everybody was all angles, but right. but it actually kind of works for the character because you have. The sharp featured man is the stretchy one. Well, you know, but I, I think I, he certainly has he certainly has that sort of chiseled face, angular face. I think uh-huh. so. I and it's just he's just I the know, guy. John, John Hamm's face is just kind of more of an oval. It's, it's kind of square jawed John Hamm, the uh-huh. guy with the. You know, so I, Snob makes a point. Easy to get the Fantastic Four to disappear with all the interdimensional travel. Exactly. And that's, I mean, that's this is this is a, this is sure. you could make this character, but I think that you have you have the opportunity to tell these adventure stories set in a in a specific period and 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 really play into the fact that that was the time period of the Fantastic Four comics mm-hmm. yep. and have this sort of weird sense of not you don't even have to go super lighthearted, but you have this more maybe a little bit more lighthearted adventure kind of feel or almost even a pulp feel. Because it's right, you know, the t- it's at the the tail end of, of the pulp, in the, in the, you know, the kind of adventure stories of Doc, you know, mm. Doc Savage and and the Shadow and the Avenger and all those classic pulp heroes. See, I see. If you're going to do somebody like Reed Richards, and again, I'm, if if you could pull from anybody from anywhere in the timeline, I could see somebody like a Leonard Nimoy or a Martin Landau playing Reed Richards. Oh sure, later in life certainly. Yeah. Well, and I think I think a lot of people are looking at the current. I mean, John Krasinski right now, when he's got the beard, Reed Richards in the comic right now has a beard, mm. um, and so certainly there's a visual component, and and of course, obviously the, the the chemistry he would have with Emily Blunt, considering they're married in real life, and having that kind of dynamic could be a lot of fun to watch. Um, now I have seen some very curious. Um, this Nerdist list. Keanu Reeves for Reed Richards. I don't see it. And I don't either. Because you'd be watching Keanu Reeves, not Reed Richards. Right. Well, they do put it's the same problem that you have with John Wayne, but you also have that same problem with Tom Cruise. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why The Mummy didn't work. Is because well, you're watching Tom Cruise. That, I mean, and Tom, that besides, and Tom Cruise. Besides the whole thing not being 
I mean, it was a mess. Yeah. But you're looking at Tom Cruise. Mm-hmm. I saw a funny comment the other day. Um, Tom Cruise has basically conned the studio into financing his adrenaline junkie bucket list. Oh, no kidding. <laughs> he's, <laughs> right? he's managed to pull it off. The list that I sent you from you, yep. Wiki, whatever. The list you sent me from what? Uh, fandom. It's on one of the links that sent me. You sent me a link. Keanu Reeves, I guess, they will talk to you about Doctor Strange. Well, but... But, I mean, this is all rumors. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, if hypothetically he were to show up in one movie or something, because you had said, you know, people would like to see that. Oh, yeah. No, I think that I think that having, you know, their Marvel has been courting Keanu Reeves for a long time, and finding the right role for him is going to be tough. Yeah. He's a good role to good Well, yeah. Um, now, this same list from Nerdist has Laura Dern as Sue Storm. And I think if you're going to go Are with... If you're going to go with... Uh, like the same age as Keanu Reeves for Reed Richards, and I like Laura Dern as an actress. Um, so I think I think she Ooh. could do a really really good job. Um, but again, you're looking at I, I'm inclined to think that they are going to probably cast a little bit 30s, maybe 20s if they go for a younger cast that we aren't even nobody's even thinking about right now. I'd say I I'd say uh, I'd see doing probably not going younger. Because if Reed Richards is going to be this brilliant scientist, and you start with the with the space trip, then he's got to have a little history. Well, but you, you could, can sit you there could, and say you, you could end he's up in old grad enough school. to have a track record. You could end up in grad school and pick it up with as much as much as we've already gone this route, and it wasn't handled particularly well the last time they did it in the movies. You could pick it up in school, and of course have the whole Doctor Doom. Con, you know the yeah. whole, which of course is part of the characters. Tom, Thomas says, plus any Tom Cruise movie has to have lots of running. That's true, and and it reminds me of when they were talking about when they were talking when they were shooting Star Trek Five. I saw interviews with members of the cast, and they were talking about uh, any time you have a project directed by William Shatner. There's lots of running and jumping. Sure, of course. Because he's a very, he's a very physical... Uh, uh, he, he likes to get physical with, the, with, his, with his material. Um, I, I'm trying to think who could be that age and, and pull that off. I don't... I'm not sure about Laura Dern. Laura Dern, to me, one, is too tall because, comparatively speaking... Well, if you put her up against Keanu Reeves, I think she'd be fine. I know, but, or she, somebody, but, I mean, comparative, but she's, the, she's the tiny one. Well, maybe. Well, because, well, if, if you contrast her power set, she's got a very heavy, significant set of powers. She's she's a very powerful character hmm. in terms of what she can do with the shields and the invisibility. I'm and less con- I'm stuff. less concerned about that about getting the about them getting the the Reed Sue relationship right. Where I feel like, of course, the the previous Fantastic Four films um, were just yeah. 
Yeah, no. Uh, huh. Snob, Snob asks, which is worse, Star Trek V or Captain Marvel? Oh, Star Trek V. <laughs> and, and, and I'll tell you why, because Star Trek V has, again, to me, Captain Marvel is just an average MCU film. Star Trek V is a gigantic set of missed opportunities in almost every conceivable way. Now, that said, there's a fan edit out there where they took Star Trek V and they cut it like a TV episode with commercial breaks and the original and, and TV music and TV framing. Uh-huh. And you realize how much Bill Shatner's directing is TV directing. Yeah. And it vastly improves it to a mediocre Star Trek movie. <laughs> Which is, a, you know, it, well, it ends up being, a, it's a season three Star yeah. Trek episode. Ah. Uh. Okay, that, so that doesn't do very much to recommend it. But you know what? It makes it improves it over a movie because if you, I read the novel to Star Trek Five before I saw the film, uh, and the novel was actually pretty entertaining. Yeah, pretty and good. I admit, it's like I was like, Spock has a brother. This is shocking, and I'm like, oh, but Spock's brother is kind of interesting, and and then ooh, what's this whole ooh rock monsters and you know, oh, oh, this is cool. And, the movie and of came. course, the book is based on one of the earlier drafts of the right. script before they ran out of money. Yeah, before they ran out of money. Um, so. Tom, but, Thomas says Newsarama seems to think Charlie's Theron would be a good Sue Storm. Again, if you're, if you're looking at a certain age, I think she'd be fantastic. She's showing up also in, in some of the X Men casting for Mystique, which I also think is a mistake. Uh, because, and I'll come back. We can come back to that in a little bit. Mm. Uh, mostly because I don't want to see Mystique for a while in the X Men movies. We'll talk about she's that. She's overused smart. a lot. I um, well, honestly, I think she's a great character, but she needs to be a bad guy again. Yeah. And uh, so coming back to Fantastic Four, uh, this Nerdist list, most, a lot of which I don't agree with, but Ron Perlman as The Thing. I can see it. And I think a good chunk of The Thing is going to be motion capture. Yep. And But Ron Perlman's voice coming out of The Thing. Yeah. And Ron Perlman's acting, his performance, his delivery. Can you imagine? That could be a yeah, lot of fun. I, I can hear. I can hear Ron Perlman saying it's clobbered. Yeah, I'm. I'm completely on board with that. I saw something. Something somewhere was it yesterday that Chris Evans said that he'd be willing to come back to play Johnny. See, that could really be funny. I also saw that uh, it was a headline that Marvel is possibly not done with. His Captain America. I would suspect that they're not. Um, I think that that is probably... You think they'll do Nomad? No, but I think they'll find a way to bring him back for at least some big... It'll be a big moment. It'll be like, you know, have to pick up the shield, or he'll have to... Something will happen to Falcon, and he'll have to, you know... And then Steve Rogers will... We'll do the thing that yeah, becomes... Yeah, but if the Falcon... If Falcon is Captain America now, mm-hmm. and something happens to him, remember that Steve Rogers is now old. Right, So but, you'd have to get... You'd have to find comics, a story... But in the comics, this actually happened. This, yeah. is, this is the thing where, where uh, for a while, uh, both uh, Bucky and uh, uh, Falcon have filled the role of Captain right. America. And so bringing him... And and of course they brought and Steve Rogers has been old in the comic book series as well. He was the he was the old man director of Shield after yeah. Nick Fury. Um, Patrick Wilson as Mister Fantastic has popped up on Screen Rant, um, oh. and they man. did not Emily like Emily Blunt. Uh, they were like the Shari's Theron. Um, uh, there was Zach Efron as the Human Torch. 
I don't have an inherent problem with that because I know he can actually act. Yeah. But I just it's it's not what I would uh It wouldn't be my first choice, but I can visualize it a little yeah. bit. They had uh, David Harbour as the thing. Which is basically, you know, if you can't get Ron Perlman <laughs> uh, Yeah. Get get the other Hellboy. Um uh, and well, they, if you're doing Mike, if you're doing if you're doing motion capture, you can always bring back Michael Chiklis. He did great. And I know, and that, that's the other thing is that he's so good in the role. Uh, he's one of the he's one of the bright spots of those movies. I mean, they brought back, uh, uh, help me, Jameson. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, oh, see now you've done it to me too, <laughs> J. Jonah Jameson. Uh. Oh God. All right, help us out, chat. That's so sad, isn't it? It'll 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 come back to us and, and if you, come on, you guys, you got to help us out. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Um, it, it, I don't know how much of a delay there is, but uh, they have Brian Cranston as Doctor Doom. Maybe oh, which one? Thomas suggests Anson Mount as Reed Richards. Oh God, yes, I could see that. Oh yeah, especially especially after especially after the second season of Discovery, where he looks... I think he did a fantastic job. He's one of the... Certainly, I think, uh, bringing, bringing Discovery's second season more into the, mm. the mainstream Starfleet story, I think that it was a... J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons, thank you. Thank you. Um, was, thank you, Stump. And, and he's fantastic as Pike, but he's got the look for it. I think, the, I think unfortunately, he also bring, carries in the unfortunate... In humans movie baggage that you could wipe away if you cast it if he gets if if they because I think he he would do fantastic I don't as Reed Richards I don't know that enough people even were <laughs> aware of the Inhumans that's true fair enough that to, to matter um, GJ says Vigo Morrison has been rumored for Doctor Doom see I could see that. I could see that. Um, he is, again, someone who the vast majority of audiences think of him as a heroic figure, of course, in Lord of the Rings films. Right. But he he's got certainly has the range. And I think one of the things that's important about Doctor Doom, which I think that they also did not get right in the movie versions we've had so far, is there's a... Doom is a monster, but he's also... There's got to be a sense of nobility mm. and a sense of... I'm doing. You may not like my methods, but my end goal. I'm going to save the world because technically, he's royalty. Yeah, but you have to have a. You have to. Have, there's there's got to be enough of you at least respecting Doom mm. as a villain and as and as an adversary. And you have to have that respect between for all that he you know Richards is his arch enemy. You know he respects Reed Richards, and um, he won't admit it, but. That's the core parts of the character that have to play through well. Yeah, I don't think they got that right in the in the so, movies. So wait, um, let me. See. Oh, hey, we've got a new uh, a, a new participant in the chat. Bar Tree, welcome. Welcome. Um, bad guy in Matrix. Um, oh, Hugo, Hugo, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving uh, as, so, as Doctor Doom. So the problem with Hugo Weaving. And and I think he'd be I think he'd be brilliant as oh he'd be brilliant as a lot of different villains. Now he was the Red Skull in the first right. Captain America film. And he has been very, very clear that he did not enjoy 
the process of doing the whole makeup thing and the whole costume thing. Right. Um, and he he's one of those actors who if he's not interested in the part, if he's not in, you know, this isn't like he's excited about it, he'll give you an amazing performance. But he's also he'll also be like, okay, I'm done, I'm out. Yep. You know, because he wants to move on to something that actually engages him more. And I completely get that as a performer. But again, you're looking at someone you're looking at someone who's going to be a contract for multiple films, and he's already had that experience with the Matrix, and he had, he he's, you get the sense that he was like, okay, that was long enough to spend on one project, yeah, and playing one character. He's much more interested in playing a lot of different types of things, and but no, he'd be brilliant as Doom, and you believe him as someone. I mean, because he's got one of the all-time greatest sneers. In the history of sneers. What about Christopher Lloyd? The problem with Christopher Lloyd is he's, I think he's too old. Do you think? Although I, although Christopher Lloyd is the puppet master. Christopher Lloyd as a puppet master would be fantastic. That could work. Um, or the Mad Thinker. Some, well, okay, the Mad Thinker would be a little too on the nose. It'd be, <laughs> it'd be uh, Doc Brown, the evil version of Doc Brown. Sure. But uh, I, I do like him as the idea as a puppet master. Um... Thomas makes a point for Doom. You need somebody who's good at emoting with his hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you can but, have the the mask. But also, you can also spend the first film, and this is where you could actually get someone like Hugo Weaving. Although realistically, Doom and and Richards should be roughly the same age. Yes. Or no, let me qualify that. If you go with the original, how they originally met, which is in school, and you don't have to go with that. It's a brand new universe, right? But if you do, then you want them to be about the same age. If you don't, if you're not going to worry still about, be, well, no, I I think it works better if they're contemporaries rather than Doom being older than Reed or vice versa, because then you have the potential setup mm -hmm. of a relationship similar to the Doctor and the Master, right? Because um, well, you rivalry. guys, you guys have even talked on on Tartasos about. Especially with Third Doctor and the Master, right? How there was that. It's there's a there's a mutual respect. I want you know we we've been friends. We could possibly maybe still be friends, even though we're on the opposite sides of these things. I don't know. You could have that dynamic, but they have to be contemporaries. Well, and I think the important part there is that one of the one of the core weaknesses of Doom if you look at his character over time, is that for all his protestations, he knows Reed Richards is smarter than he is. Mm. And part of his part of the, the the reason he wants to beat Richards, you know, I will defeat him, is because he knows that Reed Richards is smarter than he is. Yeah. And and Doom wants to be he wants to be the well the the MCU the 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 Marvel uh, uh, what if comics have had multiple times where Doom has conquered the world. And turned out to be a really good. It turns out to be a really, really good thing in the long term. Right. In the short term, it's horrible, <laughs> and it's and, it, and it's it's a nightmare, and it's you know millions die. But of course, you know that's not the solution. But the thing is, is that for all that uh, for all that Doom is a villain, uh, you know he keeps ending up being uh, a, a benevolent, uh, not necessarily benevolent. But he builds a paradise. He tends to build a paradise in a lot of the what-if comics. They're just a paradise built on corpses. Thomas suggests, what about Carrie Elways for Doom? If Carrie Elways really leaned into it, 
Well, like, you know, you could chew the scenery with it. Oh, I know, but the thing, the problem, the thing is, is that I don't. We've we've had two dooms in in films. The last the last two portrayals in, of doom in films have leaned too much into the scenery. The chewing. melodrama, yeah. And I think that that really you can you look. Anyone who sits there and goes, you know, I am Doom, bow before me, you know, uh, and and he's you know ruler of Latveria, my my people love me. Mm. Um, that's built into the character, so you've got to do a really fine balance on it, because otherwise it becomes so over the top. Is like, yeah, why am I? You're ridiculous. There, we we've been watching uh, Stargate. Mm-hmm. Mindy and I have been watching, and we're in now to season six. And they've just introduced Anubis as the new villain. Sure. And we just did the we just did the beginning of the of, the, of season six where Anubis is sending in that little radio signal that's keeping the Stargate open and it's building up an amount of power to blow up the blow up the Stargate and destroy the planet. Basically, sure. right? Uh-huh. Right. And in that episode, we get a hologram. Of Anubis. I am Anubis. Prepare to meet your doom. I mean, right, yeah. he actually does go over the top with this. And of course, everybody sitting there at Stargate is sitting there going, Really? Yeah. That's all you got? That's, wait, he, did he actually say that? Right. Um, so yeah, you could very easily swerve into almost parody at that point. If you do it wrong, I will say for the one sequence, and this is a sad thing, is that the 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 fan fantastic thing, um, the one sequence which was at least interesting, wildly not right, belonged into it belonged in a completely different movie, is that like two minutes of horror film at the end, where whatever you know the, this character who is not Doctor Doom at this point uh-huh. basically goes on this murder spree yeah. in the facility. And you know, it, I'm like, this is a really great sequence in a different movie. Sure. And but but in those moments, the one part they got about they got Doom right in that these are just people in his way. For Doom, with the exception of wanting to, to best Richards, best I must beat Reed Richards. Everything else is you're just in my way. Yeah. You're beneath me. You're an obstacle. I just have to. And and so you have to. If you don't. If you don't get that right, it becomes melodrama. It becomes yeah. just. Uh, what about Misha Collins for Reed Richards? For those who are not familiar with him, if you haven't watched Supernatural, he plays Castiel on Supernatural. I think he could he'd, do it. He'd be about the right age. He'd be about the right age. Um, and then the guy who plays Lucifer is Doom. Because they're, they're similar age. They could have a musical number. They'd be the contemporary. They're, they're sort of contemporaries. <laughs> that's, the, that's the dream sequence that shows up. And that's, that's one of the multiverse. That could be so funny. Channels. Um, uh, you know what? Um, that I, I, I would have no problem with that. I think that would be an interesting casting. I think it could actually work. And it, I think I think that one of the things that that you have to remember that that the MCU has done more right than wrong has been casting people you wouldn't necessarily think for those roles. Right. And I think that of course the 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 primary example of that of course is Chris Evans, who because, who before this, you would have sat there. I mean, how when it happened, we were all like, "Chris Evans, are yeah. you joking?" Yeah. And then it happens, and you're going, "Oh, but 
Oh, can't, oh, can't see anybody else in gotcha. the role now. Yeah, so yeah. and I think that you have to you have to bear that in mind when you think about any casting choice, is that whatever you see in those characters, honestly, if you're gonna, if you're going to bring Reed Richard, um, if you're going to bring Keanu Reeves in, and you want to bring him into the Fantastic Four, cast him as Namor. Uh huh. Think about it. Keanu Reeves as Namor. I can see it. I so I know. Yeah, I can see that. Give him pointed um, ears and 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 uh, the, the people put him in a swimsuit and people will be li- you know people will be lining up around the block. Thomas says, "Let's go totally nuts." Danny DeVito as Mole Man. That's not totally nuts. It's shown up on a couple of the lists I've seen. It works. And honestly, um, you can do it if you. I mean, I'm a huge fan of, of Batman Returns because I liked how weird it got. <laughs> and, and honestly, honestly, Danny DeVito is again. You know, you're leaning into into the the more bizarre horror aspects of Batman in yeah. that movie. But Danny DeVito is at moments is a chilling villain in that film. For all the all the, there's a lot of you know over the top nonsense there too. But he there's times in that film he's great yeah. as the Penguin. Sci-fi snob says Collins is good looking enough for Doom. So, well, but I think that way. I think that. You know, some of this comes down to some of this comes down to um, Doom's ego, because of course in the comics there have been multiple times that it's been indicated that the 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 damage to Doom's face is not as bad as he seems to think it is. Of course, there's some other some other versions where they lean into the fact that the the mask was you know red hot and his face is horribly disfigured, but it just depends on which. Which flavor of doom the writers are, yeah. are doing that month? Uh, although most of it, most of them tend to lean to the, oh, what a terrible scar you have on your face, your handsome, beautiful face, uh-huh. you egotistical schmuck. Um, now Johnny Storm is an interesting one. Oh, Seth Rogen was another name that popped up for, no. for Ben Grimm. No, for the for I the voice of Ben Grimm. I th- voice, no. I he's, don't see it either. I, I, I think I th- he has the potential. To, he's, we've seen him, when he plays serious roles, I think he's got the potential to do it. And if they, again, we come back to the MCU casting, if they if they sat there and went, oh yeah, this is going to work, then then sure. They, again, I'd, I'd, I'd lean towards their track record so far. But at the same time, there's, you know... There's plenty of other people. I want Ron Perlman, to be honest. I mean, that's what I want. <laughs> it doesn't work. I, that, that works very much. Uh, Jonathan Go- uh, Groff... Uh, is don't know that name. Is there's an IMDb list that popped up between those, and he's uh, he was an actor in Frozen. He was one of the, I guess one of the voices in Frozen. So he's a good looking guy. I think he he, he visually um, looks. Um, no, I don't want the. Well, IMDb I don't know. Thing. I'm still I, I'm I'm still leaning toward Krasinski and Emily Blunt mainly because they're married. So you're going to have that dynamic carry through. Unless, and I, I don't wish this on them unless they get divorced before, you know, well, phase yeah. four actually, you know. Hopefully that's not the case. Anna Ferris, Oh, sure. Could be a, a, a good Sue Storm, possibly. The, the thing is that there's a lot of really great what talent. Bryce Dallas Howard? For Sue Storm, um, yeah, I could see it. I could see it. Maybe. Yeah. Um, I think that there's... Um, no, she's got she's got the she's got the talent certainly, and I think that it, it would be. I, 
gosh, so much of this comes down to the chemistry of the four people. And this is where things get really interesting. And of course, your really best actors can, can generate that chemistry, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even your, you know, well, really good actors, but not necessarily best actors. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you have to believe that, because at, at the end of their first story, you have got to believe they're a family, because that's Marvel's first family. Well, at the know? beginning of the story, you have to believe they're a family, too. Or at least, or at least they're... Un, well, the, the elements have to be the there. The elements have to yeah. be there. Even if, they're, even if they're not quite there, they have to be there at the end of that first story to have that, the, the dynamic and, and the... Everything to work, and I think especially between Sue and Johnny, which I think I think they almost the the chemistry of the first two films um, was okay. The problem was that the, the the biggest problem of the first two Fantastic Four films was that the writing was just not the stories just weren't good. Yeah, and I think that the special effects for the time were okay. Were okay. They weren't great, um, and the casting was okay. It just was. The stories just weren't there. Mm-hmm. They didn't. They didn't have the tone. They didn't consult us and set them in the 1960s right. and let it be this sort of you know they they made it now and they made it they and you know we 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 tend to forget that the Marvel universe, the MCU treating superhero films the way that they did and do, is not how that stuff was happening before. You did you weren't taking the Fantastic Four films weren't. People weren't considering them the way we're considering this film, this upcoming film, which has not been cast yet. We don't even have a script. Not even this pre-production. You know, we're, people are, fans are looking at this and going, I demand that this actor play the part. Mm. And, but if you look at, if you roll back that brief few years back in time, no. nobody was like, well, clearly Michael Chiklis can't play the thing. What madness is this, you blasphemers? You can't, you know, it just simply didn't exist. Now, again, go back a little further in time, and Michael Keaton is Batman. Are you insane? Yes, yes. <laughs> and we did get that. And now, of course, everybody was like, Michael Keaton is Batman. <laughs> Make it happen, Batman Beyond. Like, what do you mean? What do you mean you, you, you replaced him with Val Kilmer? You yeah. monsters. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that I think Johnny Storm is, I guess, to me, is the one where there are... Uh, the, and and all right, I could see Zach Efron doing it. He wouldn't be my first choice, but I no. don't know who my first choice would and be. And that's it, that's it for me too, because I honestly, I, there's a lot, there's a whole bunch of younger actors out there right now. They're about the right age, and they say mid twenties. What about, 20s, what about that kid that plays uh, Archie on Riverdale? AJ, oh. AJ, is AJ, AJ, I don't know his name. Um, that's an he's interesting not, thought. He's not a redhead. Right, and he's not naturally a redhead. I think he's, I think he's a blonde, but I'm not sure. What is his name? All right, Jesus. that's a possibility. And the problem is that to me, and and this is something where because I have so little time to actually watch anything anymore. Uh-huh. You know, the, I watch a very narrow number of TV shows right now, and so I'm. Mi- Appa? Who uh, say? K J Appa. K J Oh, oh. Sue Storm. Uh huh. Katie Sackhoff. See, I think, again, you'd have to be looking at casting the right... Because she's in her, what, mid-30s? Something like that. I think like mid-30s. Again, you'd be casting the right person opposite her. I think it could really work. Actually, she'd be somebody I think you could play really well off, off John Hamm, for example. I think they would have uh, great chemistry together. Um, yeah. but and, and to, to Snob's point, I would not 
be opposed to getting an unknown. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't either. I think that um, the the important part of all of this comes down to, again, the Fantastic Four is going to be the writing and the chemistry. Yeah. And if you get that wrong, we, well, we've seen what happens. We've, we, have, we have literal examples of, okay, we ended up with two fairly unremarkable Fantastic Four films that were just there. And they're fine. They made money. Blah blah blah. And then you have this, you know, the the Josh the one Trank. That Josh Trank did. Um, how and and whatever whatever the the true story behind all that was, it was clearly a troubled production on a lot of different levels. And whatever the intent of that film was, what made it to the screen was a mess. Yeah. So, um, but the thing like I said, there's there's a whole because of my because of my narrow focus right now on what I'm watching, there's a whole lot of younger talent right now that Ooh. I just don't know. I'll be honest. I mean, it's just Thomas suggests Grant Gustin maybe as t- Johnny Storm. I would be perfectly fine with that. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think um, Ezra Miller came up. Somebody else mentioned him for uh, one of the X Men films, and I both thought, you know, maybe uh, I can see it. But I, I, and somebody else had mentioned him for Johnny Storm, and I was just like. I could see it, but it's again not my not my first choice for Johnny Storm. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, again, if you put it, a, uh, there's some there's some really great choices of people out there, and I'm sure the speculation will continue until we get casting. Yeah. But the, again, right now there's a, there's a huge push for John Krasinski and and Emily Blunt. Which I'd be, and they're I'd be, interested. I'd be perfectly on board with that. Yeah, Krasin- think, Krasinski at least has said that he'd be interested. Oh yeah, in and Emily about it. and Emily Blunt. I, I think it's just she's just one of my one of those actors who I just love watching. Is Kate Hudson too old for Sue Storm? I wouldn't think so. Put her in there with the guy from Lucifer, and there's your another dream musical scene because she can sing. Oh hey, there we go. Who plays Lucifer? Um, What's his name? Tom Ellis. Tom Ellis. Okay, so so Mindy says uh, Kate Hudson opposite Tom Ellis as Reed. Maybe I, I think. Well, uh-huh. I, I I'd still like him as Doctor Doom. Musical. Uh, I, for a musical, that would be fine. Um, because because I think I think that he would actually bring if you because in in Lucifer he leans more into the I'm not evil. I'm just you know. It's it's just my job. Yeah. Um, whereas if you were to really lean, if he was to really lean into the uh, cold and menacing, he can do it. Because Lucifer, Lucifer goes into those that place occasionally in the show. But yeah. um, you know, you know who might be a good fit for Sue Storm would be Melissa Benoist. Musical. Oh yeah, I think she. I, I think mean, she's she, young enough that mm-hmm. you could pull that part off. I think that that. Um, Again, you would want to cast someone opposite her for Reed. Now, of course, she's younger, relatively compared to some of these other actors we talked about. Yeah. So, who would you cast opposite her? Because again, you, if you're leaning into the say, say grad school era of, uh, of Reed Richards, um, you'd want to have someone who's mid twenties, maybe late twenties, if you want. Well, depending on the actor, of course, they often well, you know Dawson's well, casting. What about? And it and this this is this is just completely off the cuff. He doesn't really look the part, but it, in terms of if you're doing Melissa Benoist and, sure, and uh-huh. age, 
maybe Freddie Prince Jr. Um, was that was if, that if uh, he uh, had, was that an approving uh, or a disapproving? Uh, well, but again, you a, well, except that he's basically stepped away from acting in large part. Well, he's stepped away from acting for a large part. If you've looked at his career over the last several, you know, last yeah, decade or so. Yeah, well, well, no, well, he's he's been he's been acting. Well, I mean, he's been doing voice acting. But he, right, he was but, in but he has for five years. Well, but he hasn't been doing. You know, that has not been his biggest priority in his in his life. Yeah. Um, now, certainly, because I mean, again, remember that that if you yeah. are doing, and, and maybe he jumped at the chance, but again, the, uh, these are long term contracts. These are long term commitments. Right. And and another thing to factor in for some of these actors, interest. Versus a contract that says you've got X number of films. These are difficult mm-hmm. projects that take you away from your friends and your family for long periods of time. Right. A lot of times, some really, really amazing actors have turned down very, you know, great roles over their over careers because they didn't want to do it because yeah. they didn't want to be away from their family that long. Now I know, I know, GJ has tongue planted firmly in cheek at this point with all of his stuff in the chat. The Rock. I don't think would work as Reed, but maybe as the thing. Um, Although certainly. I've I've heard he's already been discussing because we're hearing rumors that Feige has talked to The Rock about something, and has talked to Henry Cavill about something. Right, there's the whole Wolverine such, rumor for Henry Cavill, and I'm like. Wolverine well, got super another, tall. There was another character that they've mentioned in connection to 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 Cavill, and I can't remember who it was. Um, I don't know. It was not one of your top tier, sure, instantly recognizable characters. Um, the new saber tooth. I could believe. No, it was a. It was a. I have to, are you can you are you looking that up? Yeah. Can you look that up for me? Okay. The the um, issue I would have with the Rock, Jim Carrey, oh, Jim Carrey as the thing. I don't know. Although honestly, um, Jim Carrey could play Reed Richards. Yeah, maybe. Well, that's the thing is that if you if you look at when Jim Carrey leans into the dramatic roles, he does a really fantastic job. The problem is with Jim Carrey right now, is that he's older enough that you're automatically putting. You know, if mm. if it shifts the age of everybody else up, and he's Jim Carrey, and he's Jim Carrey, but no. I think I think you'd end up with uh, I don't I don't think it would if you're going for an older Fantastic Forecast, then I think he could he could certainly play the part. Mm-hmm. Although honestly, if you want to give me you want to play a stretchy hero, I'd rather see Jim Carrey do Plastic Man. Although I think he's too old for the part. Yeah, I honestly I think I think. Jim Carrey's ability to do the whole silly mugging thing would be fantastic for Plastic Man, and unfortunately, he could do motion capture. Make honestly, I thought that he was—I I believe at one point in his career he wanted to do that. And then there was actually a discussion. I think that was discussed at least in passing somewhere. Yeah. Casting my mind back a ways, but honestly, I think that he would have been a fan if if the if the comic book movie was treated the way the comic movies are treated now. 15 years ago yeah 20 years ago um jim carrey would be would have been amazing as plastic man um missed opportunities so what i'm reading here 
and this is an article that was just uh, three days ago. Um, he, sorry about this. Uh, per Reddit rumor, um, yeah, we all know how how yeah how I mean, to consider the Reddit rumors. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, potential character was not mentioned. Um, he's one of the many char- or many actors that Feige has been talking to. I, um, I saw he, something where they were talking about him. They've mentioned um, they haven't connected him official in anything official or Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three. Um, fans would like to see him as Adam Warlock. Um, no, there was something but else. But then they've also mentioned. Yes, no, that's, that's a girl talking. <laughs> Sorry. You want to throw no. You want to throw the throw the uh, the bump shot up and and turn the, show my turn head. The other thing turn the other things off first. But um, I think I think you could be seen in the bump shot barely. My head. There we go. There, there's there's turn, Mindy's turn head. Both of those pieces off there and do a little cut. Hi. There she is. My head. Um. Let me see. <sighs> Sorry, I'm going through here. Rumor held that he was up for Agent John Walker, but that ended up going to Wyatt Russell for the Disney Plus series of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, Soldier. Uh, okay. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Then they Maybe. talked about X-Men movie directed by Joss Whedon. And then they also mentioned... Oh, God. I don't, I don't think I could take an X-Men movie from Joss Whedon. Um, they've mentioned, there's rumors that the MCU will have... Galactus and Doctor Doom in their next big bads. Um, he could be up for one of the Fantastic Four or potentially Silver Surfer. Uh, I could see him. I could see him as Silver Surfer. Let me see. If you want to lean, lean into the, I mean, he's got certainly has the physique to be running around basically in body paint or CGI. Let me see what this know. one says. Um, the thing is, is that is that it's so it's so early on right now. There's, uh, I mean, we'd speculate for days, oh, yeah. and not get anywhere close. Yeah, um, I mean, for that matter, as long as we're as long as we're doing this kind of speculative thing, and and throwing any name out there, Reed Richards could very much be played by Weird Al. <laughs> that would be awesome. Okay, but that's kind of like <laughs> kind of like the remember when there was going to be the Jack Black Green Lantern movie. Remember when no. that was a thing? That was a thing. What? That was a thing that was almost going to happen. There oh, was a time there no. there was actually a pre-production. I think it was there was a script for it and everything where Jack Black would have been playing Green Lantern. And this was prior to the Ryan, Ryan Reynolds yeah. version. Uh, of course, in retrospect, <laughs> I'm not sure that Jack Black as Green Lantern wouldn't have been more entertaining. Uh, um, Not good, but might have been more entertaining. Well, I, now, okay, I can see Jack Black in a part like that. Not necessarily Hal Jordan, but well, he wasn't if, playing Hal Jordan. If you're looking at somebody who can do both comedy and drama, mm-hmm. I've I've seen him oh, yeah. play a more serious sure, right, thing. Yeah. And School of Rock kind of skates the edge both ways. It's a comedy, but he can do the dramatic jobs. What's that one? There was that one where, where uh, um, oh, what's her name? It's not Uma Thurman. Um, tall, lanky, blonde, Charlie's Angels. 
Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz, thank you. Cameron Diaz and what's her name from Titanic? Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet. That movie where they traded homes. They traded places. They traded houses. And Jack Black. Okay, no, that was not Kate Winslet. That was... Um, I have it was? No, I have no idea what film this is. No, oh, it was not Tony Collette. Um, it was Kate Winslet. Mm. It was no clue. Kate Winslet. It was called The Holiday. Are you sure? Because you and McGregor... Okay, you're looking that up. No. All right. I have, again, I have no idea what this Kate was. Winslet. If Kate Winslet was younger, she oh. wouldn't be a bad Sue Storm. No, she wouldn't. And well, and I don't, I don't think she'd be a bad Sue Storm anyway. Just right. Again, it would just depend on what your, what okay. your, your age group is. Thank you. Thank you. I do know a thing or two. I've seen that. I've seen that. The best part of that movie is Art Kearney. Art Kearney is a lot of fun in most things. Art Art Kearney. Well, and he's not. He's not comedic. Mm -hmm. He's funny, but he's not. He's not a a slapstick comedic character in that one. Mm -hmm. He's the old guy who's been in the business forever, Mm -hmm. and. he gets and the you know he gets a, a big honor toward the end and he makes this wonderful speech about being in the business having all these friends or whatever it's what what it actually means for him mm-hmm. um and he does he does a great job with that um but that movie jack black is he's still got the jokes folks but it's it it's the character is trying to be charming without being too over the top and it, and it actually does work um well and i'll be honest one of my um all-time favorite i'm still going to throw a rom-com now next time i watch a movie <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure well um gj you're not too far off the mark there um suggesting an Asian Green Lantern. And I know you're being a smart aleck right now, but uh, uh, you have... Um, an Asian Green Lantern? If you... if you Well, uh, what's his name? Um, Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner. Kyle Rayner yeah. is not... He's not Asian. He's part... He's half Philippine, I think. Half half Hispanic, half Filipino, I think. The character certainly is. casting certainly casting an, an Asian character in the part of Kyle Rayner would be, I think, perfectly fine. I think you could do it, and I, or or give a, or create a whole new character. But honestly, a Kyle Rayner Green Lantern film would go a, a lot of Green Lantern fans were a lot. There were a lot of people who were big fans of Kyle Rayner. Well, and there's um, well, although again, it was a character who it's they're a like, generational thing. Yeah, it is. Because for for a, a whole, what, 20, 25 years, Wally West was the Flash. Right. And Kyle Rayner was the Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. And, and then they brought back the originals. Back, or well, the, well the, the original the Silver, Silver Age, Age originals. And, and, but, but in Crisis on Infinite Earths, the big CW crossover. Now, this is not something. And, and uh, Drum Doug, to answer your question, we're not doing a Fantastic Four only discussion Tonight we're just kind of we're riffing on some of the some of the casting rumors that we've heard for both Fantastic Four and X Men. I think he he was came in late. Yeah. Do we have chat on the on Twitch? Yeah. Uh, anything anything polite or or people? What do you think about the whole having a child with Black Widow? 
What do you think about Disney's recent decision to turning Mantis into man via transgender aliens? It's Jurassic Park is probably Steven Spielberg's worst movie. Huh? Okay. Um, Let's hang on. Let's take those one one at a time, I think. Black Widow and Hulk having a child, mm -hmm. not going to happen. Um, what do you think about Disney's recent decision to turn Mantis into a man via transgender aliens? Wh okay. Now, I don't somebody's, know anything somebody's about been, that. Okay. If that's, if that's a serious question, then I haven't a clue. If it's a not serious question, then okay, whatever. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think that's a serious question. Okay. Jurassic Park, Steven Spielberg's worst movie? No, that'd be no. Howard the Duck. Spielberg didn't do Howard the Duck. He was involved with Howard the Duck. No, George that Lucas. Oh, that's, that, okay. George Lucas produced Howard just, the Duck. I just want to... I just want to... Yeah. No, no, no. you're right. In the Multiverse of Madness, maybe Spiel, Steven Spielberg no, you're, did no, it. No, you're quite right. Um, no, um, don't, don't, I would disagree with that, but... Um, 19... No, Luke, uh, was it 1941? 1941, that was a Spielberg picture. I think it's probably his, and it's not, it's not even that it's a bad movie. I don't think it's a bad, I, I was entertained. It's not a good movie, but I was entertained. It's, does Spielberg have a, well, see, okay. If you're going to do a the worst Spielberg movie, then you have to consider only Spielberg movies. Um, and then there's the question, are you talking about Spielberg as a director or Spielberg as a producer? Because okay. as a producer yeah, okay, and fair director, enough. you've got a completely different set of films. Um, okay, I would uh, – and this may – honestly, AI. Yeah. And, and not because AI is a terrible movie. There's some really interesting things that happen in that movie. I think the ending is manipulative and saccharine. And it made me angry. It's typical Spielberg. Um, no, <laughs> this was this was this e. was. It would e. She didn't make me angry. Wow. Well, uh, AI Saccharin. made AI made me angry because I thought I thought it was insulting. Yeah. I thought it was insulting to the audience. Well, now didn't didn't AI? It was based on a Kubrick. It was supposed. Yeah. Was, it was Stanley Kubrick. If I would have, I would love to have seen the Stanley Kubrick movie. But if I remember right, and I, and I don't remember right, I'm sure. But didn't the Kubrick story not have an ending yet? Isn't, isn't I'm not sure. Ending, All I know is wasn't that it? In, it was incomplete. The I two thought. of the two of them were friends, and Kubrick knew that he would not be able to finish it. He would not be able to make the movie, right. and Spielberg did it. And and I, I completely was on board with Spielberg finishing his, you know, making the movie that his friend wanted to make. Right. And I get that. And I think that there's some really interesting stuff that goes on in that movie, and there's some amazing performances, and it's a fascinating concept they played with. But God, that movie made me mad. <laughs> At the end, I was just like, can you just, can you smack the audience more in the face with how you think I'm supposed to feel right now? And I... And sometimes that movies are like that sometimes. And I was just like, uh, I don't I don't like being grabbed. It's it's being grabbed by your lapels yeah. and shook and going, feel like this. Take and I'm a like, look. Yes, and I'm yes. like, okay, whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah. You know. So anyway. Um How about Billy Piper as Sue Storm? <sighs> no. 
No, and I t- and, and 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 for those of you for those of you who've heard me rant about you know I like I said I'm I'm not a fan of of Rose Tyler and Doctor Who. That's just a character thing. It's not Billy Piper. I love her, absolutely love her in Penny Dreadful. Mm-hmm. She's brilliant in Penny Dreadful. And if you've ever seen what is it Diary of a Call Girl, she's got she's she's a really fantastic actress. Um, and I hear she's a pretty good singer too. And she yeah she's good. That's when again casting when musical episodes when she got cast as a when she got cast as a companion for for Doctor Who there was a backlash among a certain segment of Doctor Who fans going but she's a pop star we can't have a pop star playing companion it's like well yeah. okay and she ended up being a huge hit with the fans Kylie Minogue would have been awesome Kylie Minogue um Kylie Minogue was awesome she was she, she was, was a great companion yeah for for more than for well yeah but that would involve again she's, she's she had her own career to play with um, no. So and well, I mean, so did so did Billy Piper. Um, I, I I think I think that that she has, and this is a personal taste thing. Okay, this is I she she doesn't look like Sue Storm to me, and and that's just I mean of all the actresses we've talked about, mm-hmm. um, she's the one who in my head, um, she looks the least like Sue Storm in my head. Okay, and that's and that's not a slight on her. Right, that's my own personal. This is the this is the composite version of Sue Storm that lives in my brain. Right. Um, it, it very little of Billy Piper ends up in that. Now, sci-fi snob says release the Kubrick cut. Uh, we make it a hashtag. Release you know, the Kubrick cut. In some in some alternate universe, there know, is right? the Kubrick cut, and I would like I said, I'd love to, I'd love to have seen what he had done with it because it would have been it may not have been a better movie, who, but it would have been a, a Stanley Kubrick movie. Who would you get? Okay, let's let's let's. Assume a 1960s Fantastic Four. Sure. Who would you get to direct? I say Joe Dante. See, Joe Dante could be a lot of fun. Brad Bird. Robert Zemeckis. Could be. It could be. Yeah, it could be fun. Um, I think Lawrence that- Kasdan. Kasdan hasn't directed a lot, but hmm, he's yeah. got he's got good senses. For that kind of stuff. I think he could. Yeah. I think that, um, but you know, um, again, Marvel, I had no idea who the Russo brothers were. True. And so I think that, that, that God, there's so much is going to come down to the script and, and they've done, they've done pretty well with, with at least having scripts that move their larger story forward. And I think that if they're, if they're used, if they're using the fantastic four origin film, to set up a bigger picture for whatever phase they're in. Yeah. Um, they've done a pretty good track record with, with making this, again, something that simply wasn't conceivable 20 years ago, right. is this giant story arc happening. Yeah, I don't uh, I don't see Betty White as Sue Storm. Um, in, in the far-flung future version, where they're all retired, and they're sitting in the retirement home, and Doctor Doom is complaining about, you know, the, the lime jello in the cafeteria today. Maybe we've got yeah. that alternate version. But other than that, um, um, Art Carney and... and uh, Michael Shanks as Reed Richards. I mean, he's, he's primarily TV, but could he could he do something like that? Um, I think I think he might, again, we're... we're he's old enough now that I think that he's... We're... we're Looking at casting everybody else over yeah. as well. I mean, any anything anything is just spitballing at this point. So oh yeah. Who, if you had, say, you're in charge of casting the X Men movie, 
You're, okay, you've got a you've got a choice for Magneto and so Doc, and I. One of the interesting series of choices again. There's a whole and bunch yes, of Betty Davis. Uh, Betty White is still alive. Betty Davis. Betty Davis, Betty White is still Betty alive. Davis is not still alive. Um, now, so there was a couple of interesting things that I saw because I was kind of looking what fans were putting out there. Um, Jason Isaacs for Magneto. Now, if you Jason Isaacs, of course, from the Harry Potter films, playing yeah. a villain. Um, playing a villain in Discovery. Um, he's good at playing a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can also, and and because uh, we've also seen him play characters who are much more relatable. Um, and In Awake? In Awake. Oh, he's so good in Awake. That's a great, and, great series. And he's, he's, he's so sympathetic in that film, but then you can look at, and a lot of people, you know, you look at what you saw, a lot of people, he came to American audiences' attention in the Harry Potter films, but yeah. he'd been doing a lot of stuff before. He's got one of those faces that if he, if he pulls the cold, if he pulls all the warmth out of his eyes, he looks evil. Yeah. Well, even in the OA. Oh, yeah. The OA. He, he, yeah, he's the bad guy, but, so he's got the he's got the okay. presence. He could certainly do it for for Magneto, and I think that I think that that's something that again we come back to. We have to have that kind of dynamic with Magneto, where you have to at least find him compelling. Yeah. Because his argument, you know, it's it, the argument has to have some attraction, right? It can't just be. It has to make sense for the character, right? And so it has to have a solid um, motivation for. So I thought that was a really really interesting choice. And he's also he's old enough to be. One of because you want to have uh, Xavier and Magneto as being the elder statesmen, you know, they're the competing ideologies. You want to have that, right. and 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 one of the ways we do that in visual shorthand is making the characters a little older. But he's not so old that you couldn't give him, you know, a multi, you know, a ten year contract to do four films or whatever. Right. Um, and the the other list, the other person they put against him on this screen rant list was Ray Fiennes as Professor X. Oh, I. And honestly, Could see it. Um, now, Ray finds for, uh, of course, he was Voldemort, right? Uh, but he has also been he's he's one of those actors. Uh, my one of my favorite unsung, wonderful films that people need to see if you haven't seen it is Strange Days. And this was a science fiction film, mm-hmm. uh, a, a set in the near future film of 1999. Right. Uh, this came out in what eighty or early nineties, anyway. Um, and he played a sort of a cyberpunk kind of story, and he was great in it. It's a it's a it's a film noir science fiction movie. It's 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 all the film noir beats are there. It's it's really good. Um, uh, was it? Oh, for heaven's sakes. Um, Directed the Hurt Locker. Catherine. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine I, think, Bigelow. I think it was Catherine Bigelow. I'm not. I'm not 100. If that's the. I think she yeah. was the director on that. Um, and I, I, it's one of my favorite uh, science fiction films that nobody's seen. Uh, compl- had a had a terrible ad campaign, just awful. Right. And uh, and he was so good in that, and in so broken and sympathetic. Um, and then he was in Schindler's List. And he's been in a lot of stuff. He's in the James Bond movies right now, playing M. And uh, I think I think he'd make an interesting Professor Xavier. But again, um, if you are, and here's what you want to go with. Here's the question you want to go with with this casting: is how old do you want to make these characters? Right. How much do you want to make these characters having? Um, and again, it, it 
wherever wherever the MCU puts these characters in in terms of the timeline is going to impact a lot of that. But I think he'd be I think he'd be excellent in the role. I well, think and the other thing that impacts the casting is how you introduce them. Oh yeah. If you're introducing them as part of the multiverse, they're fully formed and they've been existing in their universe, then you've got a little bit more leeway in terms of what age you can you know go with. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're just introducing them for the very first time they've never existed before, then you probably want to go younger to get more more time out of them. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but on the other uh, hand, you could if you could also. You could also introduce uh, Magneto and Xavier as older characters mentoring both heroic and villainous. Yeah. And then basically as... Uh, because both of those characters have stepped away from the main storylines of the X-Men comics for large periods of time. Professor X was killed off fairly early in the X-Men run. Oh, he's been killed off how many times? Oh, uh, yeah. Lots of times. Curry, you know, he's, been, he's, he's been in a wheelchair for about 90% of his entire character's run, except when he isn't. And the current crop of X Men titles, the 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 whole Jonathan Hickman stuff, is fascinating. I think it's I I, I don't know how they're going to end this because I'm really enjoying what they're doing so far. Because if nothing else, he's trying something interesting, right? And I think it, which wins points. But uh, Freeman Angelina, Freeman Angelina for Storm. Freeman. Oh, uh, for uh, if you uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Freeman uh, uh, Angelman. Yeah, I was uh, say. from uh, from Doctor Who. She played mm-hmm. Martha uh, as Storm, and I'm like. You know what? That I kind of like that idea. I, could, I, could uh, I think she's 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 a, a a really really good actress who was both the character the character is treated very very poorly by fans I think of of the show and also by the doctor in the show. Yeah, because the doctor was jerk. Uh, <laughs> um, there's a lot of people on this screen rant list who I'm kind of like I mean. Uh, uh, D- uh, Dylan O'Brien as Iceman I can see okay here's what I want to see from the X-Men I want to see the original X-Men for the initially I don't yeah. I don't want to I don't want us to get to Wolverine and want, honestly I don't want to see I don't want us to get to Wolverine or Storm or Mystique or any so of these Jean Grey Cyclops Beast uh, Iceman and, and uh, uh, yeah. Angel Angel because and, and again this this again depends on where they're going to introduce them yeah. But what I think one of the problems with the X-Men movies, it worked fine in the first X-Men film where they basically set this sort of uh, mix and match mm-hmm. collection of X-Men. Uh, but the, there's something, if you, if you introduce these characters and then build on it without rushing into it, I mean, I know that people are going to want to dive into, let's get Wolverine, but give, give the Hugh Jackman Wolverine time, a little bit of time to fade. Yep. You know, give Mystique time to fade and then bring her back as a bad guy. Because Mystique in the comics, more often than not, is if nothing else, just highly opportunistic. Right. She's not, she's, sometimes she's a hero, mostly she's a villain, but mostly she's just out for herself. She's the cat women, Catwoman of the X-Men. <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, sometimes, sometimes she fights on your side. Yep. Sometimes she sits there and goes, well, I'll just shoot you, you know. <laughs> All right. Well, we could go on and speculate and speculate till uh, till doomsday clock finally runs out over at DC. But one more epi- um, one more issue. Can you imagine this has been going on that long? I think yeah. I was just actually reading several articles about it. Um, I, I'll tell you what. If if you're if you're not reading Doomsday Clock, um, for all the fact that it's it's public, it's it's current run is taking forever to God some forever to to happen. I'm I've actually been enjoying it. Yeah. I think it's I think it's interesting. Again, interesting idea. 
uh, if nothing else. Okay. Which I'll well, accept. We'll, we'll leave it at that. And I will I will say, uh, one, thanks for everybody participating in the chat. Yeah. Thanks, um, guys. Two, I'm glad this conversation did go off the rails. It was still relatively fun. Yeah, I think so. Although I did have a backup story just in case. <laughs> I have, and I've been sitting on this for a long while now. Um, this is from August 26th, mm -hmm. uh, Deadline. Eva Longoria is going to be directing the movie Flamin' Hot. And it is, this is not what I, ex what I originally thought, but it is going to be a biographical movie about Richard Montanez who created the Flamin' Hot Cheetos. Okay. So when I when I first saw the headline, I thought Eva Longoria is doing a movie about Chester Cheeto? What? But that's not <laughs> but that's not what she's doing. Um, oh, although no. given given how many different films that we've had now with uh, board games and whatnot else. Yeah, then, no kidding. Know, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be beyond the stretch of their imagination. I'm sorry um, for the horror version of Snakes and Ladders. Or, or, or Banana Splits. We have that one. Yeah. All right. So, uh, oh, speaking of which, we got a screener for that. Have you watched yeah, it I yet? Know I, yeah, I know. You're going to be working on a review? Yeah, you, need to, you need to send me the screener. I thought I did. Okay. I'll I, don't, I don't believe so. I, haven't, I, don't. I was thinking I sent it. Anyway, okay. okay, we'll look at that. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Uh, don't forget... Uh, we do have a discount code over at SuperheroStuff.com. You can type in Sci-Fi For Me 10, get 10% off your order. It does work in combination with other sales and discounts on the site. Um, and next week, we're going to have to we're going to have to discuss this. Sure, but. There is right now a lot of talk about Zoe Quinn. Mm -hmm. And as much as I would really love to avoid it, I think at some point we're going to have to talk about it. Maybe not next week, but this is playing out now and it is a mess. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, but that's not for tonight. Tonight we're done. We are going to go away. With a thanks Thank to everybody guys. for watching and listening. Uh, those of you who are on the chat in both uh, YouTube and Twitch, thanks very much uh, for jumping in and, and participating. And we will do this all again next week. And Wednesday, we've got a brand new episode of Tartar Sauce. Yes, possibly. 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 Uh, by the way, uh, it came up last night in uh, during Chilling with Pineapple. Somebody was asking, where do you start with Doctor Who? If you're going to start watching the show, where do you start? And I said, well, just so happens. Funny you should ask that question. Episode number four of, uh, of Tartar Sauce discusses that topic. We so, to, yeah. so there that is. Okay, that's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for Thanks, uh, being here tonight. And we will do this again next week. Copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.